Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jacket Russell? Russell Crowe. Yes. Yes. Okay. It is Russell Crowe. Is it picking up on the... I mean, it will if I do this. I don't know, I'll take I, it off. I don't know whether I can hear it through the thing okay, or right. through the... Or I can just hear it. Interesting. But I'm Does sure this jump a Russell? Yeah. Russell it's Crow? also Russell Crowe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Russell Crowe made it for me. <laughs> All right. You know what news I loved recently? What's that? Mattel becoming so confident with their Barbie movie. Oh, yes. And I guess just properties in general. This is pre-release, by the way. This is pre-release. That they are raiding the toy box. And by that I mean they're working on 45 different Mattel properties for the big screen. Oh my God, James, when all of those are a success, they can combine them into a Mattelaverse. <laughs> ha ha, just kidding, they're all going to fail. No, wait, we've got Hot Wheels, we've got Matchbox, we've got Polly Pocket, we've got he Matchbox, just just the concept of a Matchbox. Just a Matchbox. Oh my God. Yeah. Hey, kids, play with these matches. we got they're he- magical. <laughs> they can burn down anything. Absolutely. Mm. They got Heeman. They got Rock Them Sock Them Robots. They got Magic Eight Ball, American Girl, Uno, Viewmaster. You know Viewmaster. You look through a thing and you go, Oh yeah, that's a picture. Yeah, it's a boat or something. That's great. <laughs> oh, all the boats of the world. <laughs> what if it was magic though? No. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to Caravan of Garbage. Where this week we're talking one of the biggest swings, I guess, mm. at bringing a toy to cinemas. A Mattel product also, as well as Barbie. Heeman. We were going to watch a, a Barbie computer animated uh, movie. I started it, the first one. And um, then you were like, but wait, we're men, we're a couple of bloody no, men. I mean... We're two, we can't watch a movie for girls, we're going to watch a movie for men. I started it, and I'm like, I fucking hate this. Okay. But also... It was made in an era with technology for a completely different demographic that's not me direct to video. Yeah, right. Like, what am I doing? Right? (laughs) You know? And plus, if the video did really well, we'd have to do all of them, and there's like 50. (laughs) So we're not going to do that. Instead, we're like, oh, my God, let's, 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 let's watch 1987's Masters of the Universe. Now, what's interesting about Masters of the Universe is that it asks the question, what if Star Wars until the budget ran out? Oh, my God. <laughs> you are absolutely right. We've got a sand planet. We've got stormtroopers. We've got a Darth Vader. We've got a Yoda. We've got assorted freaks. Mm. We've got New Jersey. That's the point where the budget... That's exactly right. <laughs> well, see, I saw this as a kid. I don't yeah, know. I, me I, too. I saw this... When in it, the 90s. Yeah, well, I saw, this, I saw this in the 80s when it came out at cinemas. And prior to that, I had been, I'll say, a fan yeah. uh, of the cartoon series. But what I really mean is, you know, I was, I was... It was on. Yeah, and I was 
it was shot into my eyeballs as a child. <laughs> but what it, you know, and the, the thing about that cartoon is it's the never-ending battle between, you know, the the, the good guys, you know, He-Man's he forces and Skeletor's forces to control the, the great magic of Castle Greyskull. But Skeletor already has a great castle, by right? the way. He's got fucking snake what mountain. Do you want two, what do you want, one in an investment property? Get out of here. <laughs> but, but and, and you know. Boomer ass bitch. That's right. <laughs> But as is as was the tradition of cartoons at the time, the status quo never changed. Obviously, right? Yeah. It never, you know, the 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 storyline from episode to episode never really evolved in any way. So yeah. in watching this one, I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, oh my god, Skeletor, he's got Castle Grayskull. Like, I didn't, I'm sure I didn't have the words for it at the time, but I'm like, this plot, like, this is this this has gotten like it's bigger and it's epic. Yeah, and it's incredible. Like, he's a big hologram, and this is real and it's in the real world now, and that that's in, that's amazing to me. But like, as an adult re-watching this I'm like this is such a small movie <laughs> like it's such a like they've they've clearly gone okay we need to build for purpose like two sets we've got to build one room in Castle Grayskull yep. and like Gwildor's apartment and the rest <laughs> we can just we can just borrow some sets from like the, the, the small town dramedy that's recording next door absolutely just a, just a or uh, a real music shop that's exactly a music shop and a and the, the you know a, a main road in a small town and a kid's bedroom and a warehouse whatever <laughs> I appreciate they built a couple of big weird vehicles oh absolutely I love a big weird vehicle Actually, speaking of Star Wars, Ralph McQuarrie actually worked on this a few years prior, and there's a bunch of early concepts, which you can see, here they are, mm. and he put a bunch of big, weird vehicles in it, because that's all He-Man was, just mm. looking at a vehicle and go, that's not right. How's that going to move? <laughs> I like a crab, but it's a bird. It's a big bird, though. <laughs> Why is it? Oh, I don't know. It's all right. It's falling down the cliff, and there's another one. I gotta buy. I gotta buy the next one as well. I'm gonna keep buying. Absolutely. But yeah. So for people new to, I me, can't stress how big this property was. Yeah. If you look at the numbers, this franchise was doing. Yeah. It's astounding. This failed so hard. Yeah, yeah. But this is uh, perhaps it's because this is the work, of course, of the Canon Group. Yeah. Uh, famously, uh, uh, low budget movie maestros and sometimes softcore porno. Yeah. Um. But uh, pick your poison. That's right. That's right. And and just yeah, just the 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 scrimping and saving, or you know, to look at it another way, they they made any of this. Yeah, you know, like they they cheated some money out of some people and they made this movie. You know, I think it's pretty impressive that it mostly looks good. Mm. Like, there's not a lot of special effects or moments in this where you're like, ah, oh, that's bad. That looks bad or whatever. You know that that Castle Grayskull set. Uh-huh. That's actually two separate sound stages and they uh-huh. knocked the wall out of the middle. So that was apparently the largest... Without the landlord's permission. Yeah, 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 it's fine. Yeah. That was apparently like the largest set Hollywood had seen in like 40 years. Huh. And you get the sense of scale Yeah, from right. That. Uh-huh. But like beyond that, yeah, it's like a music shop and a street. That's exactly right. And a chicken place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they even got, and this fascinates me, they got Bill Conti to do the music. And, yeah. And Bill Conti, of course, for people who don't know, among other things wrote Gonna Fly Now, the uh, the Rocky theme. Mm. Uh, but in this, he's produced a real bargain basement Superman theme for the opening. Just, just horrendous. Swooping, Title you know, sequence, yeah. Well, this movie and Superman 4 is the reason why canon yes. like, shut down. That's right. So I guess that's what the, that's the aesthetic they were going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just his leftover stuff. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, just, some, just some tapes he left behind <laughs> as he was running from the tax man. So He-Man in this. None of us were ever here. <laughs> this is a... This is a the pet shop. <laughs> so He-Man in this. Yes. Played by Dolph Lundgren. The wonderful Dolph Lundgren, who I love, but I think he's out of his depth here. He, I think, though, there's a reason for that is because he's very early to acting. Mm. He'd been Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago, not a big 
speaking part. You yes, know? that's true. And he was still learning English. By the way, this guy, real life genius. Yeah. Is he an astrophysicist or something like chemical that, yeah. engineer or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He keeps his knowledge in his big muscles. Exactly. Here's, what, here's a note I have. Sure. Um, cartoon He-Man, generally speaking, doesn't have a cape. No. This guy has a cape most of the time. And I think it's because Dolph Lundgren didn't want people to see his bottom. <laughs> well, I saw his bottom. Did you? Sometimes. Wow. Even the scene where the, at the end where the cape is stripped off him and they're whipping him with a laser yeah, whip, yeah, yeah. you never see below maybe his waist. Maybe I just imagined seeing I his bottom. I think maybe you just imagined seeing his bottom. But I think um, the, you know, the lesson here, I think, is... you know, Give us a look at your bottom. Give us a look at your bottom. <laughs> the lesson here is, you know, even if you're just a, an absolute you know, chiseled Adonis of a man, you can have... You know, the, yeah. the, the world chips away at you and gives you little insecurities and also work harder, dummy. <laughs> Get those glutes working. Absolutely. You know? So what's interesting about that is he wanted to wear like a longer pants because he's in like little leather under, underwear, which yeah. is, that's he, man. Especially, but, but I mean, you know, chafing mm. issues, especially if you're totally. running. And, and they wanted to put him in like little underpants and like big boots. Mm. And so the way they convinced him, no, the big boots and the leather underpants, that's much cooler and much and much more masculine. So that's mm. why he's... He's in it. He was like, I don't want to wear this. Yeah. And they're like, that's cool. Trust us. <laughs> it's cool and normal. So apparently some stipulations for the character of He-Man in this is no love interests, can't kill anyone. So that's why all the stormtroopers are robots, mm. right? Also, they went to him and said, listen, you're big. We love how big you are, mm. but we got a problem. You're too big. You're going to have to do all your stunt work yourself because we can't get a stunt man who's as big as you. Also, we don't want to pay for one. It was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it was that is. big. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've encountered the canon group before. <laughs> so Dolph Lundgren uh, said in a French magazine just after this was released that working on this film was a nightmare. The shooting schedule was five months and included two months of night shooting. And imagine just being this big all of the time. Right. That's hard work. I know people like, yeah, roids and et cetera and whatever, but it's still very difficult to, to look and maintain this because he's not doing it for like, a 30 second shirtless scene. Mm. He's shirtless the entire movie. Yeah. And there are, no you you would think that at a certain point you'd go, "Oh, they're on earth now. He'd better he'd better disguise himself and he put maybe he puts on a pink shirt and they call him Adam or whatever. That'd oh, be a bit fun. of fun, right? Yeah. But no, nah, he's got to be shirtless and oiled. Absolutely. The entire movie, you know. And speaking of shirtless and oiled, so Frank Langella plays Skeletor mm. and he wanted initially for him to look more like the cartoon, as uh-huh. in like less covered up. Mm-hmm. The opposite of Adolf, you yeah, know? Yeah, sure. But Gary Goddard, who was the director... I want everyone to see my bottom, said <laughs> East Frank Langella said. So Gary Goddard objected to Frank Langella showing off his body in the movie because he didn't want Skeletor to be sexy. Oh, So this was dropped. Well, that, I mean, you know, the internet has proven him otherwise. It's too late. Yeah. <laughs> He's very sexy. Good makeup on him, I reckon, as well. I think so, too. This Skeletor, as a kid terrified me mm. absolutely shit my pants seeing this and even now coming back to this like 30 years later I'm your like, bowels are rumbling yeah just i see it at first i'm like huh it's like <laughs> it's that guy i was afraid of uh so frank langella actually went on record in an interview stating that playing skeletor was one of his favorite roles i think his kids wanted him to do it yeah his young son was a huge fan and loved running around the house shouting by the power of grayskull so he took on the role he even wrote some of his own lines like tell me about the loneliness of good he-man is it equal to the loneliness of evil? When I heard that, I went, shit, that's like a real line in a real movie. <laughs> this is Shakespeare. <laughs> this, is, this is oily Shakespeare with laser guns. Well, evil Lynn's like, that's, there's something Shakespearean about, you know, her and her relationship with Skeletor, mm. and he's like, I just quest for power and whatever. By the way, fucking sick second outfit, Skeletor. Right. Love what you're going for there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really good. You look fucking amazing. 
Disagree? No, I firmly agree. Mm. Isn't it interesting, though, that He-Man's magic sword is only magic for like the last five minutes of that movie? What do you want, Mason? Magic the whole time. Yeah. I don't really love the design of it either. They could have used the classic design, but there's a reason why they didn't. We'll come back to it. Is it money? Mm, Probably, but another thing. Uh. I also love some of the designs in this. There's four freaks, right? Mm -hmm. Just some good scary creature design. There's four freaks... Who have an awful lot of trouble tracking down one teenage girl from Earth? Yeah, man. Just, well, just, just they're running her a merry chase, bloody. Well, she was in, she was in, um, Friends. She was in that Bruce Springsteen film clip. Of you course, know? that's right. She's dancing on out of there, Mason. Okay, uh, cardio is good, is what you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's okay, what I'm I love that. Did you see the lizard guy's got like an inflatable neck? Apparently, had a straw in his mouth, so he would like inflate it oh. on the go. Those four, yes, and I know some of them aren't classic He-Man characters. Blade was new. I remember Blade's being new. like Beastman's from mm. whatever. But I think that's very Castle Grayskull, Snake mm. Mountain, He-Man. I think if they'd given them a little bit more colour, yeah. they'd be more authentic to the cartoon. But sure. it is, you know, I, I guess you bring it to the real world, they're all going to wear black, mm. you know. I feel like, though, this movie, mm-hmm. I haven't mentioned this, it's not that bad. It's not that it's good. Kind of, no, it's, it's not that good either. I know, I know. But I feel like... I mean, the Earth stuff in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a battle in the streets and they're, yeah. they're bringing their, some of their weird ships to Earth. I yeah, think yeah. all of that looks pretty good yeah. and there's some compositing of things flying around, which is pretty fun. I think it's good for the the, the budget they had, which I presume was very low. But it, it, It's higher than you think. Yeah. Re- recently on our podcast, The Weekly Planet, we've been sort of bemoaning... This idea of like all big blockbuster movies have to cost like two, three hundred million dollars. Well, because, I love that. You're bemoaning. I'm that's for right. It. And if they don't make a billion dollars, they're considered a failure. And we've been like, well, maybe you know the 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 presence of the low to mid budget movie will will reemerge in Hollywood. Mm. And I'm like, what an incredible idea. And then I rewatch this, and I'm like, oh, maybe I spoke too soon. <laughs> maybe there's a there's a there's a flaw to that. Okay, don't go sure. Too, don't go too low. I appreciate that, but I feel like ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When they come back to Castle Grayskull at the end and there's a final battle mm. and they bring over Marty McFly's principal. And he's like, I'll fucking, I'll shoot, I'll shotgun some robots or whatever. <laughs> right. Or whoever. Yeah, yeah. Just some freaks. Yeah. I love all of that. He Come meant- with me, Tom Paris from Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> We're going to team up. <laughs> I feel like there's like a little bit of effort going on there. Mm, okay. And I loved at the end of the that, movie. That was can- that was the Canon Group's uh, motto. A little bit of effort. A little bit of effort, if you don't mind. A little bit of effort and a lot of tax evasion. But no stuntmen. No stuntmen. We can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love that character also. At the end, he's like, well, when I go back to Earth, I could shoot anybody here. And I got a beautiful woman. That's right. I live in this castle now. I can shoot her if I want. <laughs> and bring me another one. <laughs> so here's the thing. The reason it is the way it is is because this is based on the toys and not That's the... That's the name of the making of <laughs> This is the way it is. <laughs> Whether this you is like why, it or yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> this is... It's based on the toys, not the animated series. Okay, sure. And if you did the animated series straight up... Mm-hmm. You'd have to put in like the tiger. There's oh things my in God, that. God, then it was never a tiger. Never a tiger. Mm. Yeah. Also, this is the first time I'd experienced a post-credit scene. Oh yeah. Skeletor's coming up and he's like, "Hello, I'll see you again." That's right. I'm just lounging in this pool. I'm having a <laughs> lovely time. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but no, but we didn't. There is. There was going to be a sequel. And which we'll get to. But before we do that, let's talk trivia, Mason. All right, let's do or it. Or as I like to call it, Masters of the Unitrivia. Masters of the Unitrivia. Yeah. So Mattel, the toy company that produced the original He-Man toys, ran a contest where the winner would get a role in this new He-Man movie. Ooh. Yeah. Then do you th- think we can still enter? Yeah. Great. I mean, the guy won it already, but oh, yeah. Recently? No, he won it in 1986 when this was filmed. Huh. Yeah. So the production was under a great deal of pressure to finish on time and under budget. So director Gary Goddard had to squeeze the contest winner into the shoot. The winner... <laughs> to squeeze him into a, co- into a costume. Yep. The winner, Richard Sponder, okay, is Pig Boy, who hands Skeletor his stuff when he returns from Earth. And he's even listed in the end credits. But at a 2012 PowerCon panel on the film, Richard Sponder stated that the night after he filmed his cameo in the film, his face was burning and he was in agony for the, from the removal of the mask, which was glued to his face and was ripped off. Oh, no. Well, they ought to, go, they ought to run. Yeah. From the, from the IRS, probably. Exactly. <laughs> you work in a pet shop. <laughs> the Skeletor mask actually found new life, speaking of Star Trek. It's pronounced Skellington. The Skellington mask found new life in Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine Whoa. as the face of a skull-faced alien that Worf often fights in the holodeck. Oh, there's a lot of little Star Trek references in this. Not deliberately. Lasers, blasters. Tom Paris, lightning, for example. Um, guy falls down a pit. Uh, uh, Chelsea Field, who plays Teela, mm. married to Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Star Trek Enterprise, yeah. And Scott Bakula rhymes with Dracula. That's right. Frank Langella played Dracula. Whoa. Probably. God, everything in Hollywood links together, doesn't it? Probably. Ne- nepotism. It's nepotism, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> 
Uh, Christina Pickles, who plays what? the sorceress, okay. and Courtney Cox, who plays Julie Winston, apparently, went on to play mother and daughter in Friends. Friends? You didn't recognise her from Friends, but I did. I didn't recognise her from Friends because I just knew her as, in this movie, as a woman who's wearing a, a jean jacket made of jeans. Oh, yeah. You see that? Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. That's the 80s, baby. Do you think that's a real Sarah Connor situation at the start, where she's like, I'm working in a restaurant. Hope nothing fucking weird happens. Yeah. I think it was also a fun. They they were like, let's give this character an arc. Yeah. You don't have to. Don't worry about it. But she's like, oh, I'm, I'm always, I always feel sad because my parents said, let's go up in a plane. And I said, I'll, I won't I won't go up in a plane. And then the plane crashed. So I think it's my fault. How is it your fault? That's a very specific thing that your parents are doing. Yeah. Mm. Right? And at the end. Your problems aren't like my problems is mm. what I'm saying, Courtney Cox. That's right. But then at the end, uh, she gets sent back in time. She's like. You, you can't go on the plane. I'm stealing the keys. And then her boyfriend shows up and she's like, I've solved the problem. Are you sure? <laughs> you sure about that? You sure about that? You Ma- sure he doesn't have a spare set of keys? Maybe or he'll this- get the keys back from you because you're a child? Maybe this is what caused it in the first place. Right. This is a time loop. Oh, my God. The yeah. loop is closed. Yeah. Mm. Now, in the official Masters of the Universe comic book adaptation, an alternate ending is used that was written for the movie but never Filmed <gasps> in the comic after the final battle between He Man and Skellington, Man at Arms, Man at Arms is in this. He sure is. He comes from the depths of Castle Grayskull, carrying a NASA and a United States flag. The NASA flag has Starfinder Five, July tenth, two thousand two hundred and twenty-one, written on it, revealing that the first humans on Eternia were actually from a future American space mission. Huh? Yeah. Do you ever think about that? I have never <laughs> thought about that, and I will never think about it again <laughs> after this. Oh, a dog's here. Hello, Wally, come here. How'd you get in here? How'd you get in here, dog? Uh, production designer William Stout took an existing... Stout by name, Stout by nature. I don't know about that. Here's mm. a picture. Took an existing fast food stand in Lakeview Terrace and transformed it into Robbie's Ribs and Chicken, where Julie Winston works, according to Stout. The same fast food... Oh, I forgot to put this in. The same fast food place was later the site of the infamous Rodney King beating. Oh, boy. God. We can still take this out. It's history, Mason. I guess. That's what we're all about here. <laughs> God. Uh, Dolph Lundgren went on record in 1989 uh, with Comic Scene Magazine where he said playing He-Man was his lowest point as an actor. Oh, boy. He did all right. Yeah, I think he you did. did. You were He-Man. Yeah. Anyway, he's been asked since, like, more recently, if they make another He-Man, will you be in it? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you got money? You got money. <laughs> You got a stuntman? Yeah. You got money as stuntman? Do I have to take my shirt off because I'll be the king or whatever? We're the king of Eternia. That's a fun little reference. That's a fun little reference that people like to do these days. You get the old guy, you make him the king of the the father of the new guy or whatever. Exactly. You know? People love that. That's right. But he has to show his bottom. Yeah, the that's true. The king has to show his bottom. Man, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So the budget of this was $22 million. Okay. More than mm. I thought. Mm. And it was the most expensive canon film. Oh. But the box office was 17.3 million. Oh, that's less. I feel like this should have done more like the cartoon. How do you mean? And then kids would have turned up. Oh, yeah, right. Uh You know? Mm -hmm. It's like the Super Mario Brothers movie, the first one. Like, kids aren't going to this. What have you made? What is this? (laughs) You know? Look, I I don't know. But I mean... (laughs) This property, the toys were like the biggest selling thing for like four years in a row. But as I understand... made billions of dollars. During the filming of this, the, 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 um, the sales dropped. 
Like yeah. they started dropping. So, I mean, maybe this thing was doomed from the start. What is, I think, weird about this movie is that despite the fact that it is based on a toy franchise, it seems to have been at least in part like some kind of labour of love. Like they got in, like, you know, they got in, like you mentioned, they got in... Ralph McQuarrie. Ralph McQuarrie to do I mean, some for of the, a bit. For, for a bit to do some of the designs. I think people involved in the production wanted to get Jack Kirby in to do, like, art I, design I and stuff it, like yeah. that. And, like, why would you bother with that if you didn't care? You know? Yeah. So, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They thought about some of this. They were like, this is for adults. They were ahead of their time. They were. In a way. Mm. Mm. But it didn't pay off. Yeah, so too bad. You made a big mistake. Why did you do this? Yeah, why try? There was going to be a sequel, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, a Masters of the Universe sequel was actually written and cast. Masters of the Two-Universe? Yeah, that's right. They would make that sequel and a Spider-Man film back-to-back. And the sets from the two movies were built. The costumes were made. Both movies were fully cast. And the budget of Masters of the Universe Part 2 was set at $4.5 million. So that's low. It's way less. Now, you might be like, how would you get around that, though? Well, I mean, it will be set entirely in a closed shopping mall at night. <laughs> oh, no, the cosmic keys trapped us in here. We'll have to do a chase on one of those little mm. cars you put a coin in and it goes up and down. Should we go into any of these shops? No, we're not allowed to. <laughs> Can we go into this athlete's foot shop? No. No, we can't. The roller door is down. We That's won't right. be going in. So the act- You can take up to two donuts from the Donut King, though. <laughs> so the actor they cast in the sequel was surfer Laird Hamilton. Okay. And Laird by name, Laird by nature. That's right. Can we Al- see a picture? Yeah, it, yeah it's, there's a picture. Okay, great. He's still around. Australian. Oh. And the sequel screenplay, you're not going to believe this, He-Man would have returned to Earth... Yeah. Which was the best part of the, the first movie. And he gets a job in an apartment. <laughs> kind of. And he was disguised as a professional quarterback. <laughs> okay, sure. And Skeletor disguised himself as an evil industrialist known as Aaron Dark. Uh, this didn't happen because Cannon went out of business. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Also, like, I know they talk about making another He-Man. Uh-huh. And there's that series on Netflix, yep. which I think does some really interesting things. I know people say, look, it's woke He-Man or whatever. Mm. But this He-Man's... From a, like a vegan planet or whatever. What do you think about that? That's right, because that? Man, man Teela's like, oh, what's this? Mm. This yucky stuff. And Man at Arms is like, mm. it's a bit of meat. Also, he man's gay. <laughs> like, are we... Are oh, we're ma- not beating around the bush anymore. He's always been gay. Like, the, the thing about him being Prince Adam and becoming He-Man, it's obviously like a coming oh, out it's metaphor. It's an allegory, okay, Come right. on, man, what are we yeah, doing right. here? That's crazy. It's not crazy. Very reasonable. It's reality. It's reality, baby. (laughs) It's right. Uh, But I feel like there was a time to make this, and it was in 1985 probably. They missed it. Oh, they missed it by two years. (laughs) And so if you're going to do this now, Mm -hmm. I just don't know whether anybody wants that or cares. You have to build a whole franchise from the ground up that's basically Star Wars when you've Mm. got Star Wars and you've got Dune, and mm. you've got Zack Snyder's Star Wars. That's right. Like, what are you doing? You've got Gareth Edwards' Star Wars. You've got Gareth Edwards' Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. There's a lot of Star Wars. You've got the Star Wars in people's heads that they imagine when they think of Star Wars, and no Star Wars is ever good enough, <laughs> and every subsequent Star Wars is way worse, because it's not just Luke Skywalker <laughs> wielding 16 lightsabers with the Force, <laughs> just cutting down AT-ATs or whatever. Yeah. You can't compare to that. You, you, don't like... you certainly can't do it with E-Man. You read my screenplay. I did. It's bad. It's dreadful. Come on, mate. (laughs) Anyways, anything can be good. Mm. I mean, I love the world of Eternia. Yeah. It's fucking weird. It is weird. And I think, you know, and it's much maligned, but I think Thor The Dark World sort of took the torch of that and did this kind of combination of science and magic that I think looks pretty cool. Mm. But uh, I'm the only one, apparently. Yeah. 
You like the bit where the guy's arms cut off and he's like, I got blood arms. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I might put that in my screenplay, actually. <laughs> Which you loved? Yep. And now I do. <laughs> You're not going to get a writing credit. Ah, Can I be Bobby Bloodarms? You can be Bobby Bloodarms, yes. Anyways, if you like these videos... And why wouldn't you? And Why why wouldn't you? What's wrong with you? You can actually see them early. Get it together, God. Get it it together. You can actually see them early if you head over to bigsandwich.co where they always go up early. But there's a bunch of other stuff there. There's bonus movie commentaries. There's video game Let's Plays. Our podcast, The Weekly Planet, where we talk movies and comics and TV shows, that comes out there... Early on Sunday as opposed to Monday, and all of that is ad-free and exclusive. Terrific. But of course, maybe you just want to subscribe here or check out our podcast, The Weekly Planet, which comes out every Monday, as mentioned. And why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't you? Get it together. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. What do you think of He-Man? Not you, James. Yeah. You've already given your opinion. I like That's him. pretty clear. I like him. But the, the listeners and the viewers, what do they think? I don't know. I'm testing out sound off in the comments. <laughs> sound off on the oh, sound off in the comments, folks. Give us your opinions. Yeah, tell us your opinions. Give us your piddling little opinions. Tell us what you think about Kevin Smith's woke He Man. <laughs> yes. I want to hear about that yeah. every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. Just from people being like, I'm mad at this. <laughs> I want to hear that. Have you ever had a weird dude in a skeletal costume do a 20 minute video <laughs> where he where he's like, you you don't get He Man. Has that ever happened to you? He's gay. I get it. <laughs> I fucking get it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Grab that gym, you guys. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.